You are listening to a Victory Alabang podcast. Jesus gives us a love that lasts forever. Know more about it in the final week of our series from this audio message by Pastor Chico Peña. I, I, I've been given this privilege of ending the series. This is a three-week series. It's not that complicated. Do you really find love complicated? Or no? Or yes? Or no? You don't know? Okay? Anyway, just a review of uh, the last two weeks. You know, first week, I also got to uh, uh, preach in the Saturday. And we talked about uh, the story of uh, Isaac and Rebecca. And uh, we see uh, truly that the hand of God was really moving, you know, uh, into their lives. uh, Despite both of them not knowing that they will end up with each other as husband and wife. If uh, you're going to read again, you know, that story, uh, you just notice that Isaac only came towards the end part. Diba? You remember that? Towards the end part of that story. And anyway, they became husband and wife. But uh, one also realization that I uh, saw in that story is the partnership of the parents to their children. You know, we are at, I'm talking about myself and uh, my wife, and we are at the season right now where we are now mentoring our two older kids. Believe it or not, we have a 25-year-old son and a 24-year-old daughter plus a 9-year-old son who talks like a 40-year-old. Okay? <laughs> now, uh, we're in that season. Na, I, I know parents, you, you do understand what I mean. You know? For every season in their lives, diba? Uh, there, uh, there are different teachings. You, know? you don't just treat them. You know, when they are already 25, you don't treat them like a 5-year-old. Okay? So it's important that you look uh, or you be there in every season. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm still a father to my son, Joko. But, you know, later on, when he gets married, later on, when you get married, okay, later, <laughs> two years, <laughs> later on, when he gets married, you know, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm still a father and at the same time, a mentor, a friend to him. Uh, in the same way with uh, the mom. I'm glad, you know, that uh, I have a partner, you know, my, my, my wife, who also takes care of, uh, uh, you know, whatever's of, of my daughter. Because I cannot talk to her about girl stuff. So, praise God for wives, right? Parang dito lang. Do you praise God for the wives? Ah, yes. Okay. Sige. So, anyway. Okay, then last week was a not good, uh, not so good uh, story between uh, Samson and Delilah. Okay? You see in that story that uh, there were many compromises, you know, from the start. Even from the start. Uh, Samson was already set apart for the Lord. He had a, a certain purpose, you know. But uh, he didn't realize uh, the giftings and the strengths that he has. He used it for himself. He did not use it for God's uh, greater glory. Now, uh, anyway, uh, today we are going to uh, talk about a quite an interesting story between Boaz and uh, Ruth. Now, you have to bear with us uh, this morning because we are, we are not going to read the whole uh, book, you know, because there are four chapters uh, in that book, but I will try, you know, just to give the story uh, chapter by chapter. Okay, I'll start off, of course, with chapter 1. I'm just going to give a summary, and then we'll go through from chapter 2 onwards. Is that clear? All right, before I read again our uh, series objective, I'd just like to open up with a word of prayer. You don't have to stand anymore. Father, once again, uh, it is indeed a privilege uh, for us 
to be able to hear your word, Lord, um, even through the story of uh, Boaz and Ruth. Lord, thank you that uh, just like them, all the other marriages or relationships that are here, Lord, have been, you, you have already have a foreknowledge of, uh, of uh, every relationship, every marriage, and it is your very intention for every marriage and relationship to be blessed. God, we thank you also for all the parents who have allowed themselves to be ministered to and to get impartation that they may, we may be able to also give ministry and impartation to our children and for those who are singles that they may be able to impart to their future children. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the king of our lives, the king of our hearts. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you will remind us today. You will teach us. You will open up our spiritual ears. We lift up to you this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And we also pray for Pastor Ayala. I almost forgot. Lord, uh, thank you for also giving him that opportunity to minister to in uh, Surabaya. We thank you also for giving him your traveling mercies. Bless his family who's left here, here at home. Lord, just protect them. Thank you for their leadership and everything that they have imparted to us. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Okay. Uh, February 14, last uh, Friday, you know, uh, how many of you realize that uh, every February 14, it is going to be, or it is really chaotic. Diba? When you get out and you, uh, parang when you, when you think about setting up a date with your spouse or probably your, as we call it, shuta, your shuta, diba? when you go out with your shuta, uh, it's going to be chaotic. You know, and we have made a, you know, a, uh, what you call this? My wife and I, this, through the years, uh, we said that we are not going to have a date on the 14th, every 14th, because it's really going to, you know, ah, may inis tayo. But guess what? We went out last Friday, you know, <laughs> only because that uh, we got tickets. You know, we watched a concert. Oh, man. We watched a concert, Martin and Regina. <laughs> You know, wow, it was really a great time. Uh, good thing that uh, we prayed for no traffic and we did not experience any traffic. Anyway, I was, I was also looking through my uh, calendar from last year and uh, I was counting the number of weddings that I did. Uh, and, you know, I, it totaled to 21 weddings last year. I just realized that we only have 12 months in a year, but I did 21. 21 weddings and uh, all of uh, them and even the previous year's weddings, you know, I... Uh, I, I get to have the privilege also of speaking to the couples. That's part of the process. At least for all of us here in Alabang, that's what we do. And I personally make sure that, you know, let's, let's talk. Let's uh, uh, sit down. I want to know your story, diba? I'm just so amazed uh, how God has, you know, just joined these people together. And uh, in the same way that we have been discussing some love stories here in the Bible. And I'm just so interested to, and I'm still interested and I'm still reading, you know, the book of Ruth. I've been reading it for the past week. How amazing how God has really created two individuals, you know, different from each other. But, you know, it's, it's, it's made perfect for as long as it, it comes from the Lord. And it still applies until now. All right, let me just read uh, once again our series objective. Okay, at the end of the series, at the end of today, we will be able to relate to biblical love stories. The stories that we've been discussing and have a picture and revelation of how God loves us. You know, this will in turn encourage us to love the same way that we have received it from God. I guess that's, that's, a, that's very elementary. You know, the reason why I am able to export my love to my wife is because I clearly understand the love that God has given me. 
you know, we won't or she won't survive for 26 years if diba, he, she herself uh, has not known what love, the love of God is. We're excited because this, last year we celebrated the silver, you know, the silver anniversary. So we're still very young and we're enjoying it. And uh, we're, uh, we're barkada with, with our children. Boaz and Ruth, okay, let, let me just go through you yung background, you know, and uh, I'm not going to flash any more uh, scriptures from the chapter one, but let me tell you how this all, all started. Now, there's this, uh, this couple from uh, Bethlehem in Judah. Uh, the man's name is Elimelech, okay, who is married to Naomi. Naomi, uh, eh, both of them have two sons, Malon and Kilion. Okay, for some reason, uh, something happened in uh, Bethlehem, and there was a famine over there. So I could just feel you know, for this man, Elimelech, uh, like a father uh, just, just like me, if something happens, for, for example, here in Las Piñas, here in Alabang, or here in the Philippines, you know, and for some reason, I, uh, I, I, I know for a fact that you know, when you go abroad, there's, there's going to be a better life, etc., etc. You know, I, I would just go and move, move out my family. That's what he did. But he moved his family to the land of Moab. And uh, in Moab, it's, it's really not a good place. You know, it's a freaky place, as, as they have uh, described it. Because all the kinds of compromise, it happens there. You know, how that city started uh, was really a, a, not a good relationship as well. You know, from uh, the line of Lot, the, the nephew of Abraham. Lot had a child with his, uh, her, his daughter. Okay, and uh, you know, when, when you start a curse that way, I'm not saying that you're not to little name of curses in that land, but that's that's how it is. There are no Christians there. In other words, they were worshiping other gods. Okay, so imagine yourself a Christian family, well established in victory. Something happened here. You have to move, but you have to move to a land of compromise. You have to choose now between moving to a land of compromise, or, or staying in the land, the promised land, or moving to a place where they can feed you. There was food in Moab. Unfortunately, a couple of years later, Elimelech died. Oh, sorry. Malon and Kilian both married Moabite women. Okay? Now, that's where Ruth came in, the husband of Malon, and Orpah, not Oprah, but Orpah, the killer whale. <laughs> no, no, no. Orpah became the wife of uh, Kilian. Years later, um, Elimelech died. Okay? Not in the fires of hell. You know, I just made that... Uh, but he died. Okay? And then, 10 years more later, the two sons died. And now it's Naomi's left with her in-laws. Okay? Can you just, uh, you know, do you know some people who are like that, that you, you're left with your in-laws? At this time, probably, we'll just say, you just go home. Actually, that's what she did. Naomi was devastated. She was, you know, just deeply discouraged. She just didn't know what to do. But they were in the land where both these women are living. You know? And then she told them, both Ruth and Orpah, just to go home to your mother's home. You'd be better there. But uh, both of them were very, you know, they were just insistent. They were just trying, no, no, we're going to stay with you. But later on, uh, Orpah just, you know, she just decided to leave. Just go home to her family. But Ruth kept on insisting, I am going to stay with you. If you're going to read this part where uh, actually 
uh, Ruth was telling her mother-in-law that where you will go, I will go. Where you will stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people. And then your God will be my God. Where you die, that's your problem. No, where you die, I will die. That's what she said. Okay. Then when Naomi realized that uh, Ruth was really determined to, go, to stay with her, to go with her, then she stopped urging her to leave. And then both of them, they left Moab to go back to Bethlehem. Is the story still clear? Okay, that's the end of it. Let's pray. No, no, no. Okay. Just one interesting thing. Interesting thing, you know. I found out that the meanings of the names of Malon and Kilion are this. Malon, Malon's name means sickly. And Kilion's name means failing. So just, you know, I, I know this has not something to do with the, with the story, but it's, sabi nga, parenting tip lang, please parents, if you're gonna name your child, don't name them sickly or failing or failure, you know, or... Uh, bulutong, bulutong, not like that. <laughs> I just inserted it because every time also that we would uh, do a uh, child dedication, we would ask, what's the meaning of the name of your child? You know, some would name them a uh, 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 leader, uh, man of God, no? Savior. I know, no, not Savior because Jesus is the only Savior. But diba, we have meanings and we want to, you know, to use them because it speaks of what the characters of your children will be or are. Okay? Now, I'm going to chapter 2. We leave chapter 1 now. It starts off with this. Chapter 1, verse 1, I'm sorry. It says here, Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. I'm going to stop there. I'm just going to highlight and encircle that, those three words. Man of standing. You know, come to think of it, you know, when you mention someone in the Bible, or even if you're, you're, you're uh, trying to describe someone, you know, you're writing something, and you would just say, you know, he's a part of the clan of Elimelech, his name is Boaz, then that's it. I was just thinking, why would they describe him as a man of standing? You know, because he is a man of standing. He's a godly man. He's, uh, it, it talks about, you know, his, his character. It connotes character. He's a man of wealth, of position, of strength. You know, he's a man of integrity. Okay? He's a righteous man. And again, I was just processing this and just thinking, how many of, bo- uh, of, of these kinds of men are, are, you know, are existing at this time? I know that all the men are like Boazes here, right? <laughs> okay. Sige. How many men are, are, are just like Boaz? Dito lang. Just say amen. Come on, just claim it. Thank you. Oh, there's a child who claims that he is like a Boaz. And, uh, you know, it, it showed in his, his actions, his speech. You know, it, is, it also tells us here that uh, he's really, you know, devoted. I mean, I mean, he does his devotions and the Lord, or communicating with the Lord was really an important, you know, part of his uh, daily life. And now I wish and pray, you know, that uh, each and every one of us, including myself, that we will be able to also be like a Boaz, you know, not exactly like him, but just being able to wake up in the morning and really feeling excited and just saying, Lord, you know, I'm excited for the day of what's about, what you're going to do. And I'm going to read your word and I'm going to be encouraged by what you say in it. And instead of reading, 
and uh, you know, open up the, opening up the TV and just getting some not-so-good news. Diba? Now, just some application. Um, I, I'm, I'm moving out now from that story and applying some things, some principles for today. Now, men, the men who are here, single men, the first prerequisite for a successful marriage is that we should be men of God. That's, you know, no compromise. No, wala na eh, That's it. We should be able to prepare ourselves spiritually. You know, because if you are planning to get married, or even for those who are married, you know, at this time, that we should be able to even start ourselves in the family. We, we tell them, come on, let's pray. You know, we, we don't really do a, a, a devotions at home. That thing, come on, sit down. You know, I want you to bring your Bibles. I'm not a pastor at home because I am a father to them. And I don't have to make that uh, formal, you know, gathering amongst us. And sometimes we just, you know, while we are standing and after we have uh, probably uh, changed our clothes, you know, let's pray. Just, just say a short prayer. Now, being a man of, stand, of good standing, some at this time, you know, uh, even in that, ta- in, in that uh, season of preparing, in getting married, they could not just take it off their minds of thinking about, you know, uh, doing some physically, physical intimate thing. You understand what I'm saying? You know, getting engaged into premarital sex, that's all they think about. The other men, instead of focusing, you know, of uh, what God is telling them to do, instead of obeying what God is telling them to do. Now, sometimes, if it's not about having premarital sex, some men are thinking about some other things. Like what? You know, you, you know what uh, a, a Peter Pan character is? They have, they have already mustaches and beards and they have big uh, bodies, but you know, they have the, the mind of a child. Just like Peter Pan. He never grew old. Okay? They're playing games. They're playing all sorts of stuff. You're like in a meeting and then you're holding your iPad or your computer. But you go around them, they're playing Flappy Bird. <laughs> Flappy Bird. Men, we ought to spend time reading the Word. We ought to meditate on the Word. We ought to really memorize scriptures, again, obeying and then applying them. Some would also even say, you know, I have read the Bible year after year from cover to cover. You know, some, I would say, you know, I, I, sometimes I would only read, you know, the Gospels. And I would go, just go through it every day. But I would make sure that whatever the Word of God says, I will obey. It doesn't matter if you read it over and over. If you memorize it, that's good. But the question is, do you obey? Do you apply the Word of God? Right? Be a man of good standing. All the men, married or single. Uh, verse 2 tells us, And then Ruth said to Naomi, her uh, mother-in-law, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. And then Naomi, Naomi said, okay, go ahead, go ahead, my daughter. Just notice this thing, you know, she went up or out to pick up the leftover grain. You know, at that time, um, in the field that where she saw that there's possible food or provision, you know, it, she was not really part of the team, so to speak, picking up grain. Okay, what she will do is, she will come after the people who are picking up the harvest. Okay, she will there be behind them and to pick up the things or the grains that have been left over. Umaga, mga tira-tira na lang ito. Okay? Now, uh, if I were to counsel this woman, uh, my, my question would probably be, 
what's on your mind? What's on your mind? What are you thinking about? And I would ask another question, asking her that, you know, what are you feeling at this time? I, I, I just can't imagine, you know, a young woman being already widowed and no provision, no nothing. She only has her mother-in-law with her. But she was thinking about doing something to feed themselves. This was an act of humility as well for her. Because she could have focused, you know, I'm, I'm going to look for another husband who, who's, who's well off. And I could just, you know, sit down or lie down or just relax. But she did work. She did work. In application today, you know, again for the women, now I go to the women, uh, you may be not exactly in a similar situation, but you are in a situation. And you just don't know what to do. You know, you just don't know what to do. What are you going to focus on? Are you going to focus, focus on getting to another relationship, another problem? Or are you just going to, you know, just work the harvest? There is a harvest right in front of you. Sometimes we are focusing on the wrong things, unimportant things. I'm not saying that relationships are not good things, but sometimes this is not the season yet to think about it. But work on the harvest. You know, if you have a job, just focus on your job. If you don't have a job, just apply for a job. Okay? Yun lang yun. Tama ba yun? All right. Instead of allowing her to have pity on her situation, okay, this is what she did to feed for her uh, mother-in-law and herself. Now, application, again, for, this, uh, for the women who are here. Okay lang ba? Is, does this sound like a, a, a marriage seminar or what? But yes, it is. Because this is what this is all about. And I have the mic. <laughs> okay, marriage. Okay, many women. Many women. I know the, all the women who are here. All the married women, they love their husbands. You love your husbands, right? Yes. Okay. Do you love your husbands? Yes. yes. And in the same way, you should also love your in-laws. Yes. <laughs> you love your husbands? Yes. Do you love your... Ano? Yes. <laughs> That's good. Look at the characteristic of uh, you know, uh, Ruth. You know, she has nothing to do actually with Naomi. She, she, no blood relations. She just became an in-law because her son, Naomi's son, married her. But she could have left. Okay? I'd rather do something else. As I was saying, I'd rather marry someone else. But she stayed and she valued her relationship so much. You know, we should value our relationship with our in-laws. We should value our relationship with our mothers and fathers. You know, not everyone gets the benefit of having a parent. I don't have a mom anymore. Okay? My mom died in 1986. And I'm, I'm just so, you know, um, I envy. My word is envy. I just envy people who still have moms. I envy you. But I still have a mother-in-law. But she's not here. She's in the United States. This Bible was given to me by my mother-in-law, Mama Ludi. Um, and it has a note inside it. This is a, my first study Bible when I first became a Christian. So this was in 2004. She left this letter. And, you know, I just... <clears throat> okay, I don't want to read it because I, I can get too emotional. <laughs> really. Pawisan yung mata ko. Tengan tubig. What am I saying? Yeah, my mother-in-law, she wrote uh, this note and then uh, she said, 
As she was having her devotions, uh, reading the chapter, uh, Psalms 91, which is her favorite, God clearly spoke to her and then told her that this is a new Bible, but you give it to your son. Funny thing is, she doesn't have a son because they're all four daughters. Not unless she considers my wife a son. <laughs> because she's not. And she asked. It was like a, a, a throw of uh, you know, conversations and then she asked, Lord, I don't have a son. Who am I giving this to? And then she's, uh, God again uh, told her that, you know, you have a son. And God was referring to me. And, you know, it, uh, this was uh, about uh, Valentine's or the uh, month of February. And she was just, uh, you know, she, as, her, as she was explaining, she was overjoyed. And I was overjoyed. I was really happy, you know. Wow. Uh, I haven't heard that uh, for, for quite some time. 1986, 2004. Someone calling me from a mother's, you know, a mother's voice. So I do really appreciate my mama. Uh, I hope she, well, she gets to hear this podcast. Ma, I love you. You're in the States, but you know I love you. <laughs> Praise God for mothers and in-laws. All right. Now this is uh, in, in uh, chapter 2, verses 3 to 4. Uh, Okay. It says here, so she went out and began to glean in the field, fields uh, behind the harvesters. And as it turned out, she found herself working in the field below, belonging to Boaz. Okay, that was the field of Boaz, uh, who was from the clan of Elimelech. And then in verse 4, it says here, just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem. And then he greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. And then they all said, and also with you. No, no, no. The Lord bless you. That's what their reply is. You're not reading. <laughs> the Lord bless you. I just noticed, again, just one thing. You know, every time that he would come, he would bless. He would bless people. It just, you know, uh, uh, goes to show that he's a godly man. That instead of speaking, oh, you're not doing anything. What are you doing? He comes in and just says, the Lord be with you. It's not like, a, you know, just someone's like a jerk and coming in in shades and, 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 hey, 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 I don't see you working. What are you doing, man? Huh? What are you doing? It's almost uh, evening and you don't know that, uh, you know, we need to get some dough, get some money. <laughs> he blesses them. He blesses them. And that's why they bless them back. The people, the employees, they like him. You know, and how many people also that you, you are, are similar to this that you would want to be with at work? Your boss or probably your, your, your peer or you towards your supervisor. You just, Lord, God bless, God bless you. God bless him. Or you say it himself. Bless you. God bless you. God bless you. You understand what I'm saying? Blessings. He was grounded into his faith. You know what's... Uh, just one thing about Boaz, uh, he was already about in his late 30s or early 40s. Okay, that's already old at that time uh, for a single man because he's still single. He's still single with all the things that he has. Okay? But it is not an issue for him. It is not an issue. A big shot businessman, no wife, pero probably at this time, baka pagbintang up, ah, siguro, ano yan, parang ganun, di ba? Pero... No qualms, no nothing. Men, okay, if we say that we are Christians, okay, we say, okay, God bless you, okay, the Lord be with you, 
Pero what are we really communicating to others? Sometimes, are we just giving out yung mga words, flowery words, or, oh wow, he's trying to be religious or something. Pero what are we trying to communicate? What is a Christian man like? What is it really? Diba? Uh, is it yung only the externals? And then for us, what are we doing to prepare? If you are single, again, single married, single married, single people, what are you doing to prepare for your next season? Okay? We don't want just things to fall into our laps. We'll ha- also have to work. Probably this was uh, something that he did na yung, ano, it, it was not uh, an automatic thing. He, he, he inherited things. No? Not, mayaman na siya. Okay na siya. Big shot. But later on, we are going to see uh, how he really is in his work. Okay? We should be providing for our family. And if you're single, you should you know, allow yourselves to be prepared to be mentored. Again, this is a season. I'm telling my son, you're not going to stay young forever. And while you're, you're strong and you, you, know, you can work, I'm looking at you, <laughs> and you can work and, and really you know, just focus on God and everything, you also have to prepare yourself. You also have to prepare yourself. Allow ourselves to be mentored too. There are a lot of people who can help us. Okay? Uh, we have friends also. I'm asking them, can you please guide us, help us, mentor us in this area? We're really not good at this. And I'm really saying na yung ganon, it, it, it's, it's happening to us. Because up until now, we still, still um, need mentoring. Huwag natin sabihin that we already know that. But you'll be so surprised if you say that you'll, you know that and then later on something happened then that's, you know, that's going to be trouble. Okay, I'm, I'm going to move to the next... Uh, I'm just going... I'm going through chapters 5 to 13, not reading it all. So this is what is... Uh, what happened, sorry. So after Boaz came, and then he, you know, just uh, spoke a blessing to his people, and then Boaz asked his foreman, oh, who's that woman? Who's that woman who's there? She's just working. I, I think she's a new face. And then... Uh, the foreman was, uh, told him, you know, he is the one from Moab and uh, a daughter-in-law of Naomi. And she is the very one who said, please let me work in that, in that field. Please allow me to get food for my mother-in-law. And then in verse 8, uh, it shows here, she was, uh, Boaz was already talking to Ruth. My daughter, listen to me. This is what he said. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. At that time, you know, he, he, first time that he saw her, and uh, it was as if that Boaz was already given protection because he knows probably uh, what's happening. In other fields, you'll get into trouble. In verse 9, this is what he said. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. Okay? I have told the men not to touch you, and whenever you are thirsty... Go and get a drink from the water jars that the men had filled up. So he knows. Priorities. You go with the women, not with the men. Okay, in the same way, what is our application? Again, for those who are, you know, who thinks that, you know, we're from victory and we know that we're discipled and we know we are safe. We know that uh, even if I go with so-and-so, uh, it's not going to be a harm. That is going to be harmful. Uh, let me just tell you that, you know... <laughs> It's going to be dangerous. Don't tell me that you're a Christian man and then you are with this woman until late at night. You know, we are talking about Christianity. We are talking about 
the Bible. You know, you're not talking about the Bible. You're only talking about the table contents, table of contents of the Bible. You're not even talking about stuff about, you know, you do not mentor women. Men do not mentor women. Let the women mentor other women. I'm getting angry. No, no, I'm just kidding. This brings out the father in me. Verse 10. It says here, At this, what Ruth did was she bowed down to, uh, with her face to the ground, and then she exclaimed, What have I found? Or why have I found such favor in your eyes? That you notice me, a foreigner. But there was an extended favor. There was an extended favor. I also realized that Boaz was not manipulating. He was not taking advantage of it. It's not that because that he is a boss. You know, sometimes I'm the boss. Okay, I can get what I want. I can talk to whoever I want. But he was just giving an extended favor. One realization of this is, you know, that's the same way how God treat us, treats us. You know, God, even in our, you know, um, so to speak, our dirtiness, we were, we are so filthy and everything. But He takes notice of us. He never takes His eyes off us. That's how God is. Okay. Verse 11, um, when, when, sorry, when Ruth was uh, asking, why, why have you extended so much favor? This is what he said in verse 11. The people have told him about, the people have told Boaz about the very thing that she did to her mother-in-law. That she has never left her, that she even thought about you know, providing for their family. And this was really something that you know, it moved the heart of Boaz. Having a wow, this is really a wife material. You know, that before anything else, sa totoo lang, di ba ngayon, if you're going to get married, don't marry someone who doesn't even love his parents or her parents. Because how can you expect your future spouse to love you if he doesn't love his parents or her parents? Hmm? 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 <laughs> Verse 12. I told you this is going to be long. But are you okay? Yes. I'm getting this. Okay. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. Again, here is Boaz. You know, he just continues to bless her. Even to say a prayer, may the Lord continue to repay you for what you have done. It's a good thing, you know. These are things that, diba, this time, pag sinabi say, oh, diba, girls, diba, you, oh, oh, you're so sweet. Sweet. Verse 13, I'll just move on. It says here, May I continue to find favor in your eyes, my Lord, speaking to uh, Boaz. And you have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant. Though I do not have the standing of... of, of uh, of one of your girls. I don't even measure up with them. Pero again, she's, they've been working with you already for the longest time, but you took notice of me. How sweet of you. <laughs> Boaz was again showing you know, an extended kindness, compassion. You know, really extending help without judging her. There was something that Boaz saw in this woman. You know, this, a kind heart, a kind heart. So, Anyway, there would also be questions, you know. Um, I get this a lot. When do I know that he or she is the one? I do not know. I do not really know. How will I know for you? 
Parang kailan ba? Kailan ka ba titigil din sa tanong mo na yan? Parang ganon. When are you going to stop asking me? But it's a common question. But can you look back at this, uh, the, the characteristics of both Boaz and Ruth? Now, I'm not uh, uh, you know, exempting those who are married because even up until this time, we should continue on to doing these things even after we already said, I do. You know, the, yung, the, the wedding ring is not an excuse of not anymore telling our spouses, I love you, or that you appreciate. You know, it's, it's all the more a reminder but I should say, I love you, I love you. I love you, I appreciate you. Tama ba yun? Diba, sometimes ngayon, ano na eh, sawa na eh. I love you, they're just assumed. Alam mo na yun. Because you married me already, diba? Don't you have that ring? Are you blind? Don't you see this? Okay. There are no assumptions, in, there are no assumptions in, after the wedding. Okay. Many people prepare so much for the wedding day. They spend so much for the wedding day. But they don't prepare for their marriage. We should prepare also for our marriage. That's for the long term. Long term yon, mga kapatid. Tama ba yon? Right. I'll move on. Verse 14. At mealtime, okay, just towards the evening, Boaz said to her, Come over here. Have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, okay, she offered some roasted grain and then she ate uh, all that she wanted and had some left for her. She had that honor of sitting with them. You know, it's just giving, a, this is a seat of honor, this is a privilege really to sit down with you and have dinner. Again, another extension of, you know, uh, that compassion, that kindness to her. She does not deserve to be here if at this time, there's a muchacha, di ba? Muchacha, di ba? Parang ganun. Diyan ka lang. You do not eat here with us. You're just new here. I just saw you this morning. But, she, but Boaz invited her over dinner. Now, this was a good move for him. Again, manhood lesson, manhood lesson for this. If, if for us who are married uh, and we take out our wives for a date, di ba? We treat her well. And we don't use our, our, our gadgets during our uh, date times. You don't go on a date like watching movies. That's okay. But for us, better yung, you know, you have a dinner, a dinner date with her. Because dating is communicating. We really have to communicate. That's the only time when you can talk about things that concerns you. You don't sit down there, you know what, this is what happened in the office. I don't care about the hobbies. You know, when you get out of your office, you step out of your room, the moment you get home, your question is, how are you today, my love? That's it. Don't ask about you know, anything about the work or business. It doesn't matter. Okay? Start a sweet conversation. Uh, Ate Sol and uh, Kuya Alex Depnag, okay? they're celebrating 36 years of uh, marriage this year. Okay, sabi ko nga, wow. Um, anyway, four years ago, when we had our couples getaway, the first couple get, couples getaway in Alabang, I asked them, without even knowing really or idea uh, about their story, please, uh, can you say something lang about your experience? And they were bold enough to say, na yung, for the past how many years, they, were, they go to work, 
every day, driving to work and going home from work every day without talking, without communicating. And it was really a realization. Even inside that car, you have a conversation to start off with. And that's what, what they are doing. So they're really, you know, we're, we're, we're happy. And we're, not us. I mean, we're happy for them that it has, it has, it has happened. And even give, gave us a reminder for us who are younger that yes, when it's traffic, you start a conversation. But you don't pray for a traffic because that's nakakainis, di ba? Lord, let it be traffic so I can talk to my spouse. No, it's not like that. Okay? Sige, I'll move on. Verse 14. All right. Okay, now we go to chapter 3. Whew. But I have to rush. Chapter 3, verse 1. On uh, one day, it says here, one day, Naomi, her mother-in-law, said to her, my daughter, should I not try to find a home for you where you, a- uh, where you will be able to be provide- well provided for? It was as if that Naomi was uh, bringing back again her conversation with Ruth. You know, in chapter 1, that was uh, uh, what was mentioned. You know, you, you go on and uh, have your own family. But, you know, she, she opted to stay. And then now she's trying to start another conversation. Why don't you go out with Boaz? She was already being suggestive. You know, not really pushing her. You know, because I see this guy, okay? He is a kinsman redeemer. You know, um, anyway, I, I said it earlier. But as a kinsman redeemer, uh, he is one... The relative is really a close relative of the clan, of, of this family. And whatever that was lost or probably sinangla okay, or sold, this guy is going to redeem it back for them. And even that includes yung marrying a widow, something like that. So you know what the kinsman redeemer is doing. And Naomi was uh, having this idea, now why don't you uh, have a date with, uh, with, with Boaz? And let me just tell you also that this one is cultural. This is what is, uh, you know, their, their practice is. We do not do it at this time anymore. You go and propose to that man because I think he is going to be your husband. No, 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 it doesn't work that way at this time. Okay? So I'm not going to give that, uh, I'm not going to uh, dwell on that. But this is what she did. But she went uh, down to the threshing floor. She said, um, Naomi said, Boaz is going to work tonight. You see how busy he is? I think he's he has work to do this evening. And after that he has worked and eaten and had a drink, he is going to sleep. I want you to sleep at his foot. That's what she said. Okay? That was cultural. Okay? Ngayon, if you sleep at the foot of a man, makasipain ka niya o magpapedicure sa'yo. So, so that's it. So I just want you to Realize that that is their culture. Okay? Uh, at this time, parents, you just don't push people or your children to go and get married to one another. What we do today, just, you, know, you pray, you wait, you get a job, be good at it, and then you know, this, there's just going to be a woman for you. Uh, of course, God knows kung sino man yun. Okay? Wag nating ipilit, wag pilitin. Okay, wag pilitin. Right? Sige, you got that story? Instruction ni Naomi, wash and perfume yourself. Put on your best clothes and then go down to the threshing floor. But don't tell him. But don't let him know that you are there until he has finished eating and then drinking. That's what I already mentioned about. Now, uh, also, si, si, si Ruth, ano, he, 
although she knew that this was something that is cultural and uh, could probably happen, she was not really assuming. Actually, what she was saying is, if he does not do it, then it's okay. Then it's okay. Right? And then the story uh, goes on, and then uh, now he, she goes down. Okay, she goes down, and then uh, Boaz wakes up. And who are you? And then uh, she, now she tells uh, Boaz that uh, it is I, you know, and, and, and that was it, diba? Or she was making a marriage proposal, so to speak. In verse 10, uh, it tells us here that the Lord bless you. Again, she bless, he blesses Ruth. The Lord bless you, my daughter. And then this kindness is greater than that which you showed earlier. You have not run after the younger men, whether rich or poor. You know, because she, Ruth, could have found, uh, no, no, find herself a younger man. One who's even stronger, probably must go up or whatever. But she obeyed what Naomi was saying. You go to Boaz. Right? That was just it. Okay. And then in verse 11, it tells us here that, And now my daughter, da- daughter, daughter, don't be afraid. I will do for you all you ask. All my fellow uh, townsmen know that you are a woman of noble character. Now, diba, a, a woman of noble character, ano ba yon? Is showing fine personal qualities, high moral principles. And even in Proverbs 31.10, diba? Uh, a woman of character, noble character, or a wife of noble character. Who can find? She is far more worth than rubies. Okay? Her husband has full confidence in her, lacks nothing in value. She brings him good, not harm, all the days of her life. And, you know, we just realize that indeed our wives are like that. A wife of noble character. She, my wife, brings me good, not harm. Again, Boaz sees something in her. There is a gem, you know, there is something in this woman's heart. Now I want to move again uh, in uh, verses 12 and 13. Although it is true that I am, am near of kin, there is a kinsman redeemer nearer than I. There is someone who is more, she yung priority. It's not really me. Okay? Stay here for the night, and in the morning, if he wants to redeem, then good, let him redeem. But if he is not willing, as surely as the Lord lives, I will do it. That's what he says. Lie here until morning. Again, it shows of his security. You know, it doesn't really matter if I don't you know, get to redeem your, your property and you as my wife, it's okay. Because there is someone who is right in front of me. But, you know, there were, again, talks between uh, Boaz and this other kinsman redeemer. And that's what he said. You're going to redeem her property and you're going to marry her. But what happened is, this kinsman redeemer, unnamed kinsman redeemer, said that, I am interested with the property, but I am not interested in marrying her. So it gives, you know, Boaz now that right. Or uh, he was the one who gets to marry uh, Ruth. Okay, now I move to uh, chapter 4. Okay. Meanwhile, Boaz went up to the town gate and sat there. When the kinsman redeemer he had mentioned came along, Boaz said, come over here, my friend, and sit down. So he went over, and then they sat down. And that was the thing that I was saying earlier. Na this, this, ito yung, this is the way of, uh, we will transact. Okay. At that time, the way to say, okay, we have already closed the deal. What they're going to do is to exchange sandals. Iyon na to. Mm, that's your sandals. But that's how it is, to close the deal. All right? And then, uh, I, I already mentioned that, uh, you know, this kinsman redeemer is not interested. And so, it was now given to Boaz. I'll just move to verse 9. And then Boaz announced to the elders and all the people, 
Today, you are witnesses that I have bought okay, from Naomi all the property of Elimelech, Kilion, and Malion. And in verse 10, it says here that I have also acquired Ruth, the Mo- Ruth okay, Malon's widow, as my wife, in order to maintain the name of the dead with his property, so that his name will not disappear from among his family or from the town records. Then today, you have already witnessed this. And then the last scripture that I'd like to read from this story is this. You know, so Boaz, in other words, just to close this love story, Boaz already took Ruth, and then she became his wife. Then he went uh, to her, and the Lord enabled her to conceive, and then she gave birth to a son. Just how interesting how God really orchestrated everything. You know, from, from a woman who's not really from, part of a clan, you know, just uh, the family of uh, Naomi moving to Moab, pulling uh, Ruth there, bringing back to Bethlehem. Then actually, you know what? They are the grandparents of David. And it's also the same line of Jesus. I how, how, how God can really do things you know, without any compromise. Sometimes we do make our compromises ourselves. We say that this one is better. I'm going to make her a Christian. I'm going to make him a Christian. No, you don't make him a Christian or her a Christian. God will touch his heart or her heart and he or she will become a Christian. I'm going to leave this story. I'm going to leave this story. You know, we've, we've talked about a lot of things. Uh, uh, from the time of uh, Isaac and, uh, and Rebecca, and even up until the, the second story, uh, Samson and Delilah. And we mentioned uh, that love is really not that complicated. It's not really that complicated. These are interesting stories, even the story of Boaz and Ruth. But I'd like to leave all those stories, all those three stories. And I'd like to move on to this interesting story between Jesus and us. You know, some, somehow... There is, we, are, we were like Ruth. We were really from nowhere. We were, you know, we, we had a not so good past. And as I've said earlier, God took notice of us. God took notice of us. Now, human beings, there's no perfect kind of love. Walang perfect kind of love talaga amongst us as human beings. But the only perfect kind of love that has ever ever happened or anyone could ever give is the love that God has given us through our Lord Jesus Christ. Just like Ruth, you know, she wanted or even Naomi wanted for her property to be redeemed and for her daughter-in-law to be able to settle down. There's something to be redeemed also in us. And actually, it was already done. But it was not purchased by money or silver or gold. I'd like to read in 1 Peter 1.18-19 where it says, For you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from our forefathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamp without blemish or defect. There is no way that we can be able to redeem ourselves from our dark past, from the things that we were doing before, from the foolishness that we have been doing before. There is no other way that we can be able to bridge ourselves or to bridge that gap between us and God. But it was only through Jesus Christ in the cross. 
in Ephesians 2.1, it says us that, it tells us that as for you, you were dead already. We were already dead in our transgressions and sins. There's nothing else that we can do. Nothing else that we can do. And even in the time of Boaz and Ruth, you know, there was nothing that Ruth can do. Nothing at all. But Boaz came. But Boaz came. A redeemer. At this time, Boaz cannot save us from our transgressions and sins. The pastors cannot save you or save us from our transgressions and our sins. It is only through God. But God, being rich in mercy, and because of the great love with which He loved us, even while we were dead in our trespasses, He made us alive together with Christ. It is by grace that we have been saved and raised us and He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Christ redeemed us. Christ has already freed us from our dark past, from the dirty things that we've been doing. We have now been made right. Because of the love of God, the only perfect kind of love. Lastly, is an application, 1 John 3.16. This is how we will only know what perfect love is all about. It's only the love of Christ because He laid down His life for us. The things that came after this, we will be able to lay down also. We will be able to love unconditionally others also because we have been taught how to unconditionally love. We hope you were inspired by that message. Love is a key theme in the Bible. Discover and experience what God's love is all about by following our weekly series and by joining a victory group. For more information, just visit our concierge on weekends or leave us a message at www.victoryalabang.org or at facebook.com slash victoryalabang. Thank you and stay connected.